Howdy again, guys and gals. Welcome to another episode of the Nasty Pasty podcast. I hope everyone's doing well. So since our Black Lives Matter episode a few weeks back, um, the situation hasn't really, has pretty much not dampened overall, and the fight still goes on down in our streets. COVID-19 is still sweeping across the world relatively unchecked, though politics and economics are starting to feel a bit perturbed by this, and they're tentatively starting to open up. (laughs) We're not out of the woods yet, but it's still an incredibly stressful and dangerous time for all of us at the moment. But as I mentioned last time, we've got another special episode out today, and it's special because the format is going to be a little bit different. So in the most socially distanced way possible, I'm joined by a guest this week, and that person is... My name is Jonathan Larkin. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, John? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I've been out for a walk today and um, I've just realised I've walked 25,000 steps, so I'm a little oh, bit Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah, we yeah. Um, we went for a bit of a walk in the um, the park the uh, just a few hours ago with the kids yeah. and yeah. there's so many people outside, in the, oh, like no. near the parks, yeah. Uh, not not great for my anxiety, but no, um... it's not. It's not the best. We walked. We walked. Um, we 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 went out quite early and then met our friends in a different in a park like far further away from our house because we live right next to Sefton Park, which is like yes, a really big hotspot, loads of people. But we went to a different one that was a bit quiet and met a couple of our mates and we had like a socially distanced drink in like a pub um, beer garden. Oh, so, very nice. Yeah, so we, we, you know, we played by the rules. It felt really strange walking into a pub for the first time in twelve weeks or something. Yeah, really, it's still really weird. It still does feel like there's. It's not quite. We're not quite out of the woods yet, and it still feels yeah. a little bit like, um, well, really cautious dipping of the toes, really in the pond, yeah. really, doesn't it? So and people are still still too close. I'm just like, no, back off, back off. Yeah, um, like really like funny. when we went when we went past the park, you can yeah. all the kids like from different pe- or clearly different groups of people just like playing with each other, and you think, yeah. I know it's hard yeah. for them, but. You know, it's like, whoa, this is this doesn't feel right yet. <laughs> you yeah, know, it really doesn't no. feel like it's safe yet. I know, but when will it? You know what I mean? Maybe we we do just need to start sort of start putting ourselves out there a little bit more and, and maybe it'll start to feel a bit more normal again. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. It's 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 hard to tell because uh, obviously something like this is so unprecedented and no one really quite knows the right thing to yeah. do at the moment. So Hell yeah. yeah. It's a very strange time to be alive, let's put it Very that. strange time to be alive, and I'm much more comfortable on my couch in front of the TV watching a horror film or a exploitation film or oh, any abs- kind of film with, absolutely. with, <laughs> with the people that are on a screen and not in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm with you there. So you have, um, you have your own podcast, John, of course, yeah. um, Screaming Queens. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Screaming Queens Horror Podcast is a um, queer horror podcast, and we've been going for like this is our fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing a long time, so yeah, it's 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 the premise is basically three of us are are queer, and there's one token straight boy, and um, <laughs> we but he's got like the campus taste in horror movies. You know, he's in, he's introduced me to various camp horror movies in the past, so. <laughs> So yeah, we we just sort of started out just wanting to do a podcast that sort of looked at horror through a bit of a queer lens, mm. but didn't didn't you know it, it it doesn't just hinge on that. So we go beyond that really, and it's not. So we you know obviously in the early days we covered all of the classics like you know Nightmare Two and 
mm. Rise of Frankenstein and uh, Daughters of Darkness and stuff like that. But we, you know, we we love horror beyond all yeah. of those realms. So basically, we just talk about horror. And if it happens to have a queer bent, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> then then great. But yeah, it's not the be all and end all, really. But I think it's important to have queer voices out there talking about horror. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's tons, there's tons of, uh, there's quite a few horror podcasts out there now uh, through, a, you know, a queer, from a queer angle. Um, mm. Most, the majority of them are North American um, and, <laughs> you know, they sort of dominate a lot of it. So I think it's important for us, us Northern Brits to have our, our queer little voices out there, which, you know, I love you for yeah. that as well. You do the same thing. So Yes. I well, well, I mean, Nasty Pasty, it, it's not exclusively about queer horror or lgbt no. films to be honest it's no. it's like a, it's kind of like um like a trade off or a side story to like the the video nasties like so i talk yeah. about films that were sort of out at the same time but yeah. were perhaps not caught up in the troll and it's really more of like a compare and contrast because you think yeah. some of the films i've covered are a bit like well that ought to really have been a nasty really if we're playing by the mm. same rules but but to be yeah. honest there's always a, a queer view of when i talk about it because you know in these sorts of films as me and you both know there's always like some quite hot men and quite some quite queer <laughs> well, things going on I, I hadn't noticed to be honest Andy, <laughs> I, I hadn't noticed hot men at all it's not really it's not really my thing um but <laughs> um but yeah no totally there's always something there and there's always a, there is always a a lot of the time there are themes that 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 we'll we'll pick up on and that we'll sort of find resonance that a lot of uh, you know heterosexual audiences won't. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. we'll have something interesting to say, whether it's about us with the horror or you with the nasty pasty. You know, I think that it's uh, it's good to get our voices out there. Yeah, definitely. So on nasty pasty last time we covered uh, three black exploitation films that were specifically by black directors because yeah. obviously with Black Lives Matter going on, I just thought. It might be quite useful just to talk about like some art, you know, some art or films that were actually created by black individuals. And it might be totally. quite useful to talk about those rather than because I mean, the black exploitation movement in general, it, it was obviously quite vast in the early yeah. 70s and sort of fizzled <laughs> out towards the late 70s. But a lot of the directors were actually white and a lot of the writers were, were white. And it's it's yeah, of course. It yeah. often gets missed that actually, even though that the casts were predominantly black, the crew weren't necessarily strictly black. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd yeah, actually I mean, carry on with, yeah. with that really. Great. Two two of my favourite uh two of my favourite black exploitation films are the you know, the Pam Greer ones, uh, mm. Foxy Brown and um Foxy Brown and Coffee, they're, they're two of my favourites, and they're, they're actually directed by uh, Jack Hills, White, isn't he? He is, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to so say that was, myself. Those two yeah, are some yeah. of my favourites, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're directed by white 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 crew members, mm. yeah. So it's um, yeah. a bit strange. Yeah. So today's one is um, oh yeah, yeah. Today's film is going to be uh, 1972's Blackula, which was um, <laughs> which was directed by William Crane, who is another black director. Unfortunately, one of the few that actually didn't really go on to do much else. Um, a, a lot of the others tended to actually have a bit more of a body of work to them, but William Crane was mostly relegated to doing one-off episodes in TV shows, really. So oh, quite yeah. quite sad, really, because this film is actually quite a quite a decent go at a film, it's really. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. good. So had you seen this film before, John? No, so I have vague, I had sort of vague memories of seeing bits of it when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, but 
it was essentially a first time watch because yeah, I, I only I only remembered little moments of flash, you know, flashes of fangs and stuff like yeah. that. I didn't really remember most of the film. So yeah, it was a it was really a first time watch and, and yeah, an eye opener for me. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was a first first for me too. I mean, and I've seen a lot of black exploitation up to this point, but I'm quite yeah. surprised that this one has evaded me really up until now. Because yeah, mm. it's um. It's known quite as it's known as quite an influential film, but um, yeah, I, I just I can't I can't think why it escaped my radar really up until now. But um, I asked myself that question actually because if you think about it, it's got it's like black exploitation and it's about Dracula. It's like two yeah. two big yeah. big things that I, that I love as well. And I, I just wonder what took me so long. And I think do you know what I, th- I feel like the title of the film Blackula, mm. it kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say it cheapens the film, but I want to say it, it. It makes it makes the film sound like possibly less of a film than what you're going to get when you watch yes, it. Yes, I know what you mean. It feels like a little yeah. bit. Of a, I don't know, like a bit of a joke in a, a way. Bit, a and, bit like because um, um, they made one called Blackenstein as well, didn't they? Which was a rip yeah, on Frankenstein. Yeah. And I know yeah. what you mean. It sounds like it's just going to be a kind of hokey, campy comedy experience rather than. Yeah. Actually, because actually, that's what I kind of went into this film thinking of because of the title. Me too. So, yeah. when you do watch it, you do actually get quite taken aback actually by what the film actually is like because exactly. um, it's a very different experience than what the the film title suggests. But so, should we get into start off straight into it then? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, dumbin' man, you scared the hell out of me. Where did you come from? Are you all right? What the hell you run in front of my cab for? Can't you see, man? Shit. You ain't hurt, man. But you lucky. Chasing tail could get you killed, you know. I lost it because of you. Imbecile. Imbecile? Who the hell you calling an imbecile? You're a nut that ran in front of my cab. You're the only imbecile on this street. Boy. <laughs> look at man, you were found. I mean, she's got to be around here somewhere. I mean, uh, you know, I bet you she's worried right now and looking for you. So why don't you just bag off of me and go get her? <laughs> She's worried to death about you. So I, I bet she's called every hospital around. Now listen, who wait? You take your hands off of me. I don't know you. When it starts, I mean, to me, it starts off pretty fairly well. There's like lightning and like good old traditional gothic castle sort of thing going on. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, you, you were expecting it to do to do this yeah. anyway, but we're introduced to um, Mama Waldi, yeah. who's an African prince of some kind who's yeah. traveling with his um, wife to well, what's it doesn't it's not apparent straight away, but it's the castle of Count Dracula. Yeah. What did you think of this film's version of Count Dracula? It was hilarious. It was like big, sort of blonde, <laughs> quiffy 
Buffon's hair. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it 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 seems strange. Like he could easily have been plucked and put into like Wuthering Heights or something, and yeah. it would have felt yeah. quite seamless. Like he had like longish hair, yeah. sort of ponytail, a cravat. You know, there's yeah. like, like it was, bows yeah. on the he could have been, It would have been like a terrible American seventies version of Wuthering Heights. But yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. It, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't quite what I was expecting for no. for, for Dracula. But it's a completely it different look, isn't it? I mean, the hair alone, a bit the sort of lighter coloured hair and stuff. You know. Yeah. He's not exactly Christopher Lee or Bela Lugosi. No, no, but it, but it, but it definitely felt a bit like a, I don't know, like a Catherine Cookson yeah. <laughs> come to life, yeah, you know, like like mean. one of those TV movies. Yeah. So it, it's a very strange look, but but basically they they kind of come at odds, don't they, him and Dracula? Because uh, Mama Waldi has this um, very noble notion to basically de- decommission slavery. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Well, Dracula obviously wants none of that because he says that there's there's merit in slavery. Of course, I mean, yes. I mean, he'd be cancelled today, wouldn't he? Really? He would be cancelled, but he's you know he's the Lord of Darkness. So what the hell do you expect? You know exactly. Um, the, the the truly sad thing is, there's probably there'd probably be a load of loyal Twitter followers though telling anti-slavery critics of all the positives, <laughs> backing him up. Yeah, no, it's, that's true. Yeah, he's have all of his uh, all of his adoring vampiric followers. The thing that when you were talking about his look, I was struggling to remember his look because I was so obsessed with Louvre's look. Yes, she just Louvre. looks amazing with the. Sort very of traditional very dress, yeah. Traditional dress, but very glam, glammed up, blinged. Well, up. I think the Dracula. I mean, he's got pomp for saying it, but he basically says that his wife is delicious, didn't he yes. say? Like, yeah. Yes. Um. Well, and sort of jokes that he might make her her slave just because she's so delicious. Looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So relationships sour very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Dracula calls his guards, and there's a bit of fisticuffs. Yeah. You know? Which yeah. is again, I didn't quite expect it, but yeah, he's got <laughs> vampiric underlings, and there's a bit of decent punching and pounding. Uh, but then Mama Waldi's just is caught and and bitten by Dracula, really. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved Dracula's brides as well. They had like that sort of green skin and those big giant fangs and stuff. Thought so that was hilarious and terrible. Wigs. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a bit again a very strange look for the vampires, really. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little bit to... like quite living dead girls, sort yeah, of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think later on I noticed as well. I felt like a lot of the sort of uh, the makeup was based around you know just face, just powdered on the face, wasn't it? It was like white powder mm. on the face, and it made me think a little bit of some of the zombies in Dawn of the Dead, which was quite quite simple and crude in a way, but still quite effective in its way. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. Dracula then has his sort of speech and curses uh, Mama Walde and dubs him dubs him Blackula again, which yeah. I found quite funny. So I thought I thought this was going to be one of those cases where Blackula is just the name of the movie. Yeah, and but no, no, it's, <laughs> oh, no, it's actually intrinsic to the plot. Apparently, I love I love where Dracula says, "I shall place a curse of suffering on you that will doom you to a living hell." I mean, surely he's already done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, in the first well, place. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, pretty yeah. decent start, um, can, I'd say. Can I... <laughs> Oh, totally decent. Can I just put, give a shout out to Dracula's green candlesticks in this opening scene, by the way? I really enjoyed them. <laughs> well, yes, I, I didn't notice those, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. well, we straight cut straight into some proper black exploitation music. 
in yeah, the, the opening like, credits. Yeah, very very jazzy little number. Quite, yeah. I quite liked the little animated credit sequence as well, where there's like a little red woman who's just being chased by a bat. <laughs> Like and then he turns into, and then doesn't he turn into he turns into like a little Dracula and then he's hanging off like the edge of a cliff or something. Yeah, um, yeah. It made me think it was more of a bit more like a superhero than anything. It reminded me of like a really old PC platformer type game <laughs> that you'd like <laughs> yeah. to play on an Acorn computer, like totally really yeah. basic graphics. Yeah, nice that. Yeah, yeah. It's quite quite an interesting interesting watch. So mm-hmm. we cut to present day and. It's canon, apparently, that Dracula was was real and like slain by Van Helsing about a hundred oh, yeah. odd years ago. Yeah. And then we get introduced to Bobby and Billy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. What did you think of um, Bobby and Billy? <laughs> well, can I just say I I, I loved them. I, <laughs> I loved them. They were these two sorts of lisping queens, and and um, you know they were every stereotype you can you can think yes. of crammed into one scene. However. You know, they're clearly very successful in what they do. Mm. They're clearly a very loving couple. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got lots lots of good lines. Creme de la creme of camp was one oh, of them that I enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> uh, thinking about it compared to some films I've seen from the 70s and the 80s, they weren't the worst representations of queer men I've ever seen. No, no. But they were, yes, very stereotyped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the limp wrists, cigarette holders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, long hair. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean they're just certainly shrewd because I mean they they get money knocked off just for it being Dracula's old house. So you could, yeah. So yeah, they're they're not unintelligent and they're not completely stupid. Well, no, they're, they're great. They're, they're, as I say, they're clearly very successful antique dealers. You know, they they are working. They are well, working absolutely. I mean, they they got their own shipping company as well to get it all back to Los Angeles. See, power days, power days, <laughs> organized. Yeah. And also a very positive representation of an interracial relationship. I know, which was, again, very strange for that time, really. It really wasn't common for for that at all. No. It would have have certainly raised a few eyebrows back in the 70s. (laughs) And, you know, for for more than just that reason. (laughs) um, Yeah. So they basically they they buy this house that used to belong to Dracula. And obviously, um, Mama Walde is in the basement. So they have everything Mm -hmm. shipped over. And they've got his coffin, and they briefly consider yeah. having it as a guest bed, don't they? For a <laughs> what kind of guests do they have over? I, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but basically, of course, Mama Waldi gets up from the tomb while they're sort of distracted by, well, one of them cuts his hand, and he attacks them. Yeah, so do, they, do we think it's the cut on the hand that, that sort of wakes Mama Waldi up from his slumber. Do you think that's what happened? I'm not sure. It's, I mean, it's sort of edited a bit like that way. You know, a bit yeah. like how the sound of teenagers having sex kind of arouses Jason Voorhees Jason, from his slumber. Yeah. It's a bit, totally. bit like that. But what surprised yeah. me about this bit is that it kind of actually lost its silliness quite quickly. Like it actually became quite a yeah. serious, like moment of a horror movie. Like, yeah. like the- much like. Um... Trying to think of an example, a bit like Scream, I suppose. Um, it does its comedy like a really good comedy, and it does its horror like really good horror. Yeah, like so. Like it succeeds yeah. on both. But there's a point where it's like the the music changed and the camera work was a bit yeah. more like yeah. horror film like, I guess. So, but yeah, totally. it was fairly decent actually, and I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting it to just go full silly. So yeah, yeah, pretty decent. Yeah. It's good, and Blackula's first suck is a gay suck. 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Although, I mean, we'll come back to it later, but the, I always, there's a bit later that suggests he didn't suck quite enough. <laughs> we'll, 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 yeah, we'll come back to it. But the, the, I made a note that he like he clearly didn't suck enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Billy gets um yeah Billy gets bitten on the arm and Bobby's smacked around quite a bit actually. Um, yeah. So I was wondering, you know, when the way he bites him on the arm. Yeah. Do we think? Do we think that if he'd bitten him on the neck, that would have been too gay? Well, I don't know because he does bite um he bites. Uh, Bobby on the neck, but just bites Billy he, on the arm. But he he sort of roughs Bobby up though, doesn't he? And it's very aggressive and animalistic. Yeah, um, yeah. Which which maybe I was I was thinking of they doing that to offset any sexual connotations. Mm, possibly, possibly. But then, but then, if a, aggressive and animalistic um, is not necessarily a sign that it's not sexual in my in my well, experience. But there we go. Well, absolutely anyway. not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. They've got, like I said, they've got guests who are into tombs and and coffins. Yeah. So yeah, ne- yeah, never say never. Did you love um, Mama Weldy's big belly laugh as he retreats back into his coffin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just just after he gets his. Um, just after he gets his corner shop Dracula cape. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Love it. I mean, you know, he clearly just needed to go to sleep after straight after that. I mean, sucking fluids from other people always conks me out too, John. Well, two men at once. I mean, it's going to, you know, you're going to need a little nap after that. Absolutely. Yeah. So after this, we um, we go to a funeral house because um, Black, well, Blackula, Mama Wildy, wants to go over, I think, just to see if the vampirism has gone through. And he notices um, a family, doesn't he? Like, well, actually, it's, it's meant to be Bobby's relatives, isn't it? Um, so we are introduced to Tina, yeah. uh, Michelle, oh, both sisters. I love them. I yeah. love Tina and Michelle. I love the way they're dressed more than anything. <laughs> Tina, Tina's got this like amazing purple hood affair. Yes. Like, oh, so there's a God. dramatic reveal shoes. of her face. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then there's Michelle's um, boyfriend, who is Gordon, and yes, Doctor Thomas, Doctor Thomas, Doctor Gordon Thomas. Yeah. When 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 I found when I saw that his name was Doctor Thomas, I really hoped that his first name was John, but it wasn't to be. <laughs> it wasn't to be. He's he's uh, quite handsome, quite a handsome. Yes, chap. absolutely. I mean, mm. and then sort of Mama Weldy mutters that he thinks that Tina looks like um, Louva. I mean, well, it is oh, yes. it is the same yeah. actress, so makes sense. And then there's sort of like um, Gordon wants to look at the body himself because it turns out he works for the police. He's a like a forensic investigator. Yeah, yeah, I found this all a bit odd. I was thinking, do forensic investigators usually wait till the body's like in the chapel of rest before they check them over? Yes, yeah. I mean, c- clearly this isn't a, an official capacity, is it? So, well, but yeah, well. there's um, then there's the then there's Swenson, who is the embalmer or the funeral home director. Yeah. Something not quite um, established, but he yeah. is a very strange character, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very... it's meant to be like a sort of tense moment, but um, he basically comes up behind Gordon and touches him on the shoulder. That, yeah, for a yeah, very, I'm, very I'm, long I'm... time. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that. I mean, it was supposed to be a misdirect that we thought it was going to be Blackula, wasn't it? But it just came across as really awkward, especially when it's like he just doesn't speak for one. There's this, "Did I disturb you, yeah. sir?" And it's like, uh, yeah. well. <laughs> No, but because you just had your hand on my shoulder for such a long time. Mm. I mean, I'd be pretty. He was so. He was so strange that I thought he was a missed opportunity. He could have been like a Renfield type character. Yeah, or at least like 
in on it somehow, like like a sort of yeah. like he'd been turned by yeah. by um, Mama Wally for a long time, and he's just sort of helping him. But yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, so Gordon basically discovers that there's um, there's too much blood gone, basically from. Uh, the body. So that's when I say it didn't look like he sucked that much out earlier. So I'm wondering where all the blood actually uh, went to. Right. So yeah, that's why I say, yeah. well, he could, you know, they could have had the the neck sucking going for a little bit longer just to make a bit more sense. But you know, hey ho, par for the course. Well, maybe he, you know, maybe it was because it was his first suck, so he needed to have his sleep. But then when he woke up, he thought, you know what, I've still got a little bit in me. I'm going to have another go. Well, po- so maybe possibly, he... yeah. Actually, yes, I didn't think he, of that. They, they could have. He might have finished him off off screen. Ah, you know? yes. Ah, see, there we go. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon then asks about um, uh, Billy, the 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 white guy, and then Swenson basically yeah. says that he doesn't receive many white people. I thought that was really interesting, yeah. It is interesting because I was actually researching, when I was researching the film, and apparently it's actually still quite common today, especially in the southern states, um, to have racially segregated funeral homes. Wow, I didn't know that. Now, I didn't know, so because I thought, well, is that was that a thing in the 70s? But apparently, especially in the, in the south, like black-owned funeral homes, they tend to have black embalmers and staff, and they only take care of black clients. And... Vice very vice versa for white businesses. So, yeah, yeah. very strange. So, mm-hmm. even though Swenson, who is you're very weird and gets in your personal space and is a bit annoyingly overhelpful, yeah. he delivers one of the most belly laugh inducing lines <laughs> in the whole it's, film. <laughs> it's possibly the line of the film. Yeah. Oh no no no! There's another one. There's another line of it later on that I think is the line of the film. But it's an amazing line. This is that, yes. Um, neither of us could. Um, well, neither of us could pro- probably repeat. I can't. But... Well, we can't really repeat it. But basically, he says in the most like outrageous fashion that he thinks Gordon is a rude person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It just came. It's it, very. It funny. came out of nowhere, completely unexpectedly, <laughs> and it caught me so off guard. I was just belly laughing like this yeah, really got screamed. me laughing yeah it's very funny. <laughs> and i recognize the guy that plays him actually it's um he played um a butler in um frogs which came out the same year have you ever seen frogs uh, no i'd like to see frogs i've never watched it. very very silly like but but but, but yeah. a lot of fun and all, and uh, sam elliott is in it and he has like two beefcake scenes so it's worth watching for that alone. Brilliant. oh yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> So Tina and Michelle are on their way home, uh, leaving the funeral home. And then there's a bit of a stalky sequence because she thinks that someone's following her home. And I thought that was pretty, pretty decent as well. Like the end music and the the pace of it was really well done. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, Really strange. I found it really strange that Blackie that didn't just turn into a bat though. And instead of going up and down subways quite so much. Well, yeah, but I mean, maybe maybe it actually knackers you out being a, a bat. I'm not quite sure because he only had, he only turns into a bat a few <laughs> times, doesn't he? Like in the films, run yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, in fact, it was only until like about halfway through that it happens, and I thought, oh, I I didn't even know that they were including that that kind of talent in yeah. here. So, yeah, <laughs> and funnily enough, this sequence is actually almost perfectly replicated in um, Doctor Black and Mister Hyde, which oh, which okay. I covered last week, and that's also a, one of the it's the only other film that William Crane did. So he clearly yeah. just basically ran off the back of his other film, really, for that one. Yeah. So uh. 
in the chase, because obviously she realizes that um, he's chasing her, that Blackie basically gets run over by a cab. <laughs> who is wearing the most unusual this hat. Is going... I mean, did you see the hat? She's sort of dressed like a... Um, I couldn't quite work out. It's like an old-school cabbie, in a way. Yeah, um, but it's like a, but quite it's like a, a butch, police cap. Quite, yeah, like a police cap. She's, she's got quite a butch look going yeah. on. She, so she's a Juanita, doesn't she, the cabbie? Yes, Juanita. And I loved her. I wanted her to be in her for longer. I thought she was brilliant. I love when she says, Chasing tail could get you killed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the way she calls him, boy! Yes. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Well, basically, uh, he calls her an imbecile, doesn't he? Because yeah. she, she's basically made him lose track of um, of Tina. So she, she yeah. back-chats him in the most hilarious way possible. She's great. She's <laughs> she was really very funny. good. So she was actually played yeah. by Kitty Lester. And she um, was mainly a singer, but she she did basically okay. did some sa- um, soundtrack work on stuff like Little House on the Prairie. But she was also in. Um, she also did one of the songs for David Lynch's Blue Velvet. So, oh wow! Yeah. So she'd actually been around the soundtrack industry, really, just for doing songs for films. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's really good. She had great comic time. She was. She, she was, was very very good. Part. I mean, I also liked the fact that she was kind of like awkwardly laughing and trying to get out of it when she notices that he's just got these fangs. <laughs> the fangs, yeah. yeah she's really. It was. Funny. She's a very very good character. She, she, and every, it was at this point I was thinking, do you know what? All of the actors in this film are really good. Yeah, that's one thing that you don't you're not, realize. You're not expecting yeah. it. Like yeah. the, the performances yeah. are actually quite decent. Like they're, they're not too yeah. hokey. They're, they're just on the right yeah. side of hokey to be funny. But mm. yeah, totally. yeah. So she gets bitten. And I, I find yeah. it funny that Tina is still running away, even though like black, like <laughs> he, he clearly stopped pursuing her a few streets ago. so she gets into her apartment and then there's the whole there's a knock on the door so she gets a knife Mm -hmm. in her hand and of course it's just michelle you know popping back yeah so so they live so their sisters do they live do they live together i think so because well yeah uh gordon turns up there too so i think they all just live together they're quite quite a close-knit family so yeah yeah yeah. there's not really any mention of their parents really is there from what i remember no yeah, so Gordon gets into work and he's you know made aware that Juanita is in the morgue, and then there's the um, the elderly mortician Sam. Uh, well, basically, we're introduced to him because he makes a really horrible joke, doesn't he, about how Juanita is asking for something by working as a cab driver. Oh yes, of course, yes. He um, so that actor. Uh, I recognise him. He's from Salem's Lot, and uh, I think he was in Rosemary's Baby oh, as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did have yeah, a familiar Alicia face, Cook, but I couldn't quite place. It's been yeah. a many years since I've yeah. seen Salem's Lot. So, at first, I thought he was the drunk from Halloween Three, but it wasn't. But uh, but he's he's. Uh, I think he played a drunk in Salem's Lot. Oh, you know what? The guy gets his head um, twisted off in Halloween Three. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was him, but it's not him. But uh, in this in this section, I was mainly distracted by Doctor Thomas's white pill and <laughs> jump pill, which uh, I found. Yeah, I, mean, I do like I do like a bit of little neck. <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon does the very noble thing of just not even acknowledging the the joke and just says, "Get get me some coffee." Yeah. And you can see he's putting yeah. the bits together when he notices the teeth marks on her on her neck. But obviously, yeah. at this point, it's a bit like we're a bit early days to throw the V word around. So, 
I mean, it's, yeah. it's, then we meet his co-workers or his, well, his superior and so, but they're pretty much all knobs, aren't they, really? They're, oh, they're all horrible. So it's Lieutenant, uh, is it West, Jack West or something Yeah, I've just like called that. him Jack, I think, in my notes. Yeah, Jack. He uh, he has, <laughs> when he starts to try and um, he starts to try and blame the death of Juanita on the Black yes, Panthers. yeah. And then, and then Dr. Thomas says, two faggot interior decorators and a lady cab driver, the Panthers. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of uh, institutionalised racism and of casual course, homophobia at all the more. I mean, yeah, well, obviously yeah. we'll get into more of that later, but yeah, there's a lot of homophobia in this film that I, that I didn't quite realise. Ca- casual, yeah. yeah to totally, be honest, yeah. I mean, yeah. knobhead police, well, white knobhead policemen in these sorts of films are pretty much you know dime a dozen aren't they and it's always it's always yeah. one of those uh features you know they're always pits so the the black and the black heroes against the white anti-heroes should we say yeah yeah totally yeah. but uh yeah you know excuse me while i add that to my list of problematic elements of the film <laughs> <laughs> and yes cancelled cancelled cancel absolutely cancelled um so then we see Michelle and Gordon working together. So it turns out Michelle also works in the police department, or at least in the yeah. lab of some kind. She like she's like a lab technician, yeah. isn't and she? And again, I because I, yeah. I'd seen Doctor Black and Mister Hyde before. The same exact setup and the same sort of actors are used in the same way. Wow. Like so, he really did okay. um, use Blackula, like and reuse it again later for his other films. So maybe that's what it was. He didn't have too much of a sort of creative kind of vision of different things. He wasn't very, he wasn't, yeah, it doesn't look, it doesn't sound like he was very Well, that's what I mean. The, the two really, films he did yeah. were kind of, um, well, two black exploitation ripoffs of other classic horror films. So it, it's more, it's more just the reuse of like the setups and like the, some of the scenes. And it was a bit yeah. like, okay, yeah, it's, well, to be honest, he didn't handle the sequel either. Did he uh, scream Blackula scream? Which I think was, well, yeah, I was going to ask you that because um, I really want to see that. Because yes, I know what it? a powerhouse but, that would be. So is so is it a different director? Yeah, then it's a it's a different director. Yeah. Um, and the reviews are a little bit lesser than this one, I'd say. So people tend to uh, hold this one a bit more favorably over it. But I've heard mixed things about the sequel, so I think it's just one of those things we'd have to just watch it and maybe make our own decision on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pam Grier is in it, so it's worth that exactly, 90 minutes. Exactly. You know. So we then get a very funky uh, dancing song, don't we? Because Michelle, Tina, and Gordon hit the nightclub. Oh, and this was, fantastic. yeah, this was a great scene. So. There he is again. Here we go. 
don't know about you, but the, the male dancer on the right was um, was doing it for me. <laughs> was the male dancer <laughs> on the left for me? Um, his um, his. Oh no, no, hang on. The was it the one on the right? It was the one on. Um, oh, he had the right to the to the right of the singer. Yeah, yeah. His, oh God! Um, so, oh his, yes, his um, oh. his yeah, his pants didn't leave lots of the imagination. Let's put it there. <laughs> so this this, so this, group, so this, this is a real band, wasn't it? The Hughes Corporation, really fabulous. Yeah. Love them. She that woman can really really sing. She she was a yeah. I, again, I was just I keep getting surprised by like the 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 power and the talent behind this film. So. Yeah. And her, vo- her voice is great, but the the song is fabulous as well. There, there he is again. It was, it was really mm. good. Yeah, that's fine. So the music on this in general, like the other bits, were done by Gene Page, and um, okay. he was actually a music arranger for other singers. So I think he had a talent with like sort of managing like other singers. So he's worked for yeah. people like Barry White and Elton John, yeah. and. Um, I think Barbara Streisand as well at some point. Wow. So yeah, there's just a lot of talent working on this yeah. film, and it's it's, yeah. it's quite quite something really. Of course, then Blackula turns up to yeah. return <laughs> Tina's handbag because she dropped it when she was being chased before. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I really wasn't sure what was going to happen when she kind of realised who it was. Then she pretty much just gets over it in a second and invites him over to the table. She says, yeah, come and join us. And then he has like this creepy line about her resembling his dead wife. So he just had to follow her home. And like, <laughs> but that's fine. That seems to be fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, as you do. You're fine. Apart from uh, where Doc, Dr. Thomas sort of gives him a, a sort of shifty look, doesn't he? He's a bit suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they, then they invite him over to the table. Is there a vampire rule that says you can't join the table? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it doesn't matter because Tina broke it anyway. But um... she totally did. And so, are we to believe that from this point on, she kind of gets hypnotized by him because of the like psychic connection? I'm not sure because it doesn't feel like it's either or. Because yeah. she certainly doesn't seem to repel him or like no. you know be uh, rip- repelled by him. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, it feels sort of like it is just her naturally gravitating towards him. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a difficult one because it's not yeah. really explicitly said, really, is it? No, no. So, well, Gordon then gets a call from the weirdo Swenson at the morgue because Bobby's body is gone, of and course. and then we get introduced to Skillet. Skillet. <laughs> what did what you think guy. of Skillet? What a guy! What a guy! He's got all the moves. He's got all the he's got all the chat up lines. Mm. So is he like? Does he work at the club? Does he own it or something? Or is he? Just I don't like know. A... I think he's just one of their kind of uh, mutual friends that just likes yeah. to join him for a drink sometimes. I mean, yeah, he just enough. grabs he their champagne go, bottle, doesn't he? <laughs> just liberally yeah. drinks their champagne. He well, does, we've all yeah. got a friend like that. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I'm that friend, and I like that. <laughs> I like that he he sort of the way he chats up Nancy the Bunny Girl photographer. Oh, yes. I and, love and I love the tiny bit of shade as well. She kind of like, because um, he's like, why don't you look at me like that, baby? And she's just like, there's a reason, skillet. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so, so she's got my favourite line in the film. And it's, uh, I, so, because uh, she's a photographer, isn't she? And he yes, wants to come back yeah. to a dark room. And she says, I know what would develop with you in a dark room and it wouldn't be my pictures. <laughs> Love that. And she puts like a little Mae West intonation into her voice when she says it as well. She's just so cool. I love that. Yeah, she was very. Even the smallest parts in there, are great. They're really good. All the actors are so funny. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they like they're all 
they're all they're all quite memorable, even though they're on screen for not very much. So, yeah. so Nancy is obviously just taking pictures of the whole thing, and uh, yeah, Mama Welder gets a little bit like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, so <laughs> because this is not for me. Um, so she goes yeah. home, and she's still wearing a nightclub outfit, and she's like <laughs> sipping a cocktail in a can, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, if I looked like that, then I would wear that outfit all the time myself. So I don't blame it. It's like it's got an animal print vibe going on, hasn't it? It's great. Yeah, so there's some glitter and some. Is there fur on it as well at some point? I can't, I can't so. remember. She's almost like a bunny girl without the bunny ears, isn't she? It's like that yeah. little, little yeah. thing. It's great. Well, cool. she notices right away, doesn't she, that Mama Wilde isn't on the photos. Yeah. And, yeah. and then she's suddenly attacked by Mama Wilde, and then she's bitten. Can I just say I find this bit really scary? It was so, it was very, very tense, wasn't it? I love that red light in the dark room. I think that looks really beautiful. And then when you realise that she's when you see that there's like two black curtains that she's gonna spring open, you just know that he's gonna be behind there waiting. But mm. that but that anticipation makes it creepier. Yeah. So then when she opens it and he's stuck there with his arms outstretched at her, I just I don't know. I know it's quite hokey, but I I found it genuinely like frightening. It was and definitely like, tense, yeah. Because you can like look out, noise, doesn't she? But... Because she hears like some uh, annoying yeah. happen, and, and obviously he's yeah. not there. And you just think, oh my god, she's just going to get it any mm. moment. You know, you again, like you said, the yeah. anticipation of just waiting for what you know is going to happen. But yeah, you're just waiting yeah. for it, aren't you? So yeah, she gets bitten, and then one of um, Gordon's incompetents, well, like one of his co-workers, Officer Barnes, I think his name is. Um, mm-hmm stumbles across her body because she kind of wanders outside doesn't she and she's already a vampire and she bites him too <laughs> i was thinking I was, I was thinking black vampires do not fuck about they do no not. they don't but definitely the the um speed of vampire infection is a bit muddled isn't it really in the film because it kind of some people take a long time to transform and then others like that's it it's instant yeah totally yeah. So next morning, Gordon and his uh, his boss Jack notice that Barnes hasn't shown up. But there's a line here, isn't there, about um, the fact that Bobby's body has disappeared. Another great line. And Jack just utters, "Who'd want a dead faggot? <laughs> Who the hell want a dead faggot?" <laughs> and I know, obviously, it's. I mean, um, what's the word? Like the meaning of the the sentence. It is obviously nonsensical because. No one wants a dead body anyway, but just the way it's like, who'd want a dead faggot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's you, and he's his usual useless self, isn't he? Because he can't get um, permission to exhume Billy because Gordon then switches his attention to Billy. So, but Gordon's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. fuck this, I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then Mama Wilde turns up at um, Tina's apartment, and it's definitely now at this point, like you said, she does seem to be falling under his spell a little bit. Um, it's that old Dracula Mina thing, isn't it? So when when Mina meets Dracula uh, in the various incarnations of that book and film, mm. uh, <laughs> there's that automatic com- uh, there's that automatic recognition, isn't there? So she's like the reincarnated version of his lost love. Yeah, and I feel like that's what we get here as well. Definitely. To to be honest, I, I can see why because William Marshall's got a very nice way of like delivering his lines, like exceptionally charming and like polite. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the more interesting things I found about this film was that when he's like declaring his love and all that, he's like he's such a gentleman, mm. and he's 
so like polite about everything. Well, because he says, doesn't they... he? Like he says, "I'm not going to take you by force. Yeah. Like I'm going to yeah. allow you to fall in love with me." Like, and and this is a guy who murders people for blood, you know. Like, the, and he's and he's very. He, he's actually got blood. morals. <laughs> Yeah, when it comes to his lady, then he's he's the perfect gentleman. And I'm, you know, I've seen a million white Draculas, and they are all a bit rapey and just jump straight exactly, in there. Exactly, exactly. This guy, he's like, no, no, I'm going to take the high roads. If you say no, I'm not going to take you by force. I know. It's and like we've got we've got a vampire here that knows consent. <laughs> he puts the ball. He puts the ball in her course, and then so, so she can sort of use her own agency to keep him there if she wants to, and then she does. She so does. I yeah, she it. she gives in because she she wants what she wants to. So quite refreshing, really. Because again, I, yeah. I was expecting it to just get to a, a roughhousing state, and you thought, oh, here we go again, one of these yeah. forced scenes. But yeah. Well, meanwhile, Michelle and Gordon are digging up Billy when. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he bursts out, doesn't he? Screaming. Another good jump scare. That actually really made me jump. Scare. Like, I just wasn't... I was expecting him to just be lying there in the traditional fashion, then his eyes open, you know. Yeah. But no, he just bursts out as soon as they've, like, kind of exposed it. And, yeah, it really yeah. made me jump. So, <laughs> obviously, Michelle's frantic over this. And after Gordon does the, the noble thing and stakes him, with the heart um he consoles her but did you notice there was like a moment where he seemed to get a little bit turned on (laughs) (laughs) um maybe yeah possibly yeah yeah i think uh i think maybe i was just reading i thought i wasn't reading too much into it myself because i wanted him to be more turned on (laughs) no i because there was a moment where he's sort of like oh you know they're they're there there then he goes yeah oh <laughs> and it's just a bit like, whoa, okay, that didn't sound just like consoling to me. <laughs> Maybe that was because he just stuck something into a gay vampire. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I didn't think of it that there way. Yeah, some, some of it rubbed off. <laughs> <laughs> so he figures now that his only chance to show Jack that the vampire thing is real is by using uh, one eater. So yeah. he gets in touch with the Sam and says yeah. to get her out of the uh, the freezer and. She revives pretty much, doesn't she, in the morgue? And he goes to answer the phone again. And again, there's a great sequence where she just bursts out and screeches down the corridor, doesn't she? And the whole one of the vampire thing, I think, is really scary. She's like really animalistic, and yeah, she's just shrieked. It's it's there's nothing there's nothing kind of seductive or romantic or tortured about the way she is as a vampire. She's, she's just feral, a, a isn't animal. she? She's she's feral, yeah. Yeah. It, I also thought, I thought I thought it was really gross the way she started to sweat as well, like she was thawing out. You know, before she woke up. Yeah, because she looks like yeah. she looks quite ill as a vampire goes. I yeah. mean, obviously they all look they're all supposed to look pale and a bit like ghastly, but she actually looks like yeah. um, it reminds she reminds me a little bit of like uh, one of the zombies from Zombie Flesh Eaters Three. Like it's in this tropical climate and they're all a bit demonic looking and. It's, it just looks sweaty and quite awful to, to kind of touch. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. to be honest, that this bit, it at this point, I've realised like the film doesn't really seem to flag that much, does it? It's like got quite a nice pace to it. And oh yeah, it totally zipped along yeah. for me. It didn't in the slightest. Well, see the the guy that worked on the um, the editing was uh, Alan Jacobs, and he actually went to work on uh, Cleopatra Jones, which is like another black exploitation film a couple of years oh, after. Yeah. But he was a yeah. good, solid professional. He worked on loads of TV movies, like um, Satan's School for Girls and um, Home for the Holidays. Have you ever seen Home for the Holidays? 
No, I haven't seen it. I think Amanda Reyes has told me about that yeah. one. So yeah. there's um I actually covered that one over Christmas. It's a it's a Christmas themed slasher movie. Um a very early okay. one with Sally Field in the main role. Oh yes, 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 yeah. definitely I've heard. Definitely about, worth a watch that one. It's, it's very I think you'll yeah. like that one. Yeah. So Mama Waldi and Tina, um, they're having sex while all this is going on. <laughs> and um she basically says that she loves him. Yes, well, you know, yeah. he, uh, he's it's that, uh, you know, 100-year-old vampire dick. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> if he's been buried for all that time and this is his first time back out, you know, then it's he's going to be something special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jack and Gordon then arrive at the morgue and then Juanita attacks all over again. And Jack's pretty much convinced at this stage, isn't he? So... Because she, she, she yeah. gets killed just by the crucifix, doesn't she? Because you don't really see her again. It seemed that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just everything with Juanita, where she's screeching and um, um, flailing against him, I thought was really, really good, really great horror. She was, yeah, she, really, really quite, a, quite a decent go at it, though, because I imagine it would have been quite tiring to scream so much like that yeah. and flail around. So, yes, pretty, pretty decent. So then, you know, the... The trio go to the the nightclub again, and this time uh, Mama Walde, uh, Mama Walde's along with them, and he gets quizzed, doesn't he, by Gordon, who's beginning to suspect, you know, that there's, there's some involvement, and he gets um, like a sort of um, a, a, a quick quiz on the occult. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice his choice of drink? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, actually, yes, it... <laughs> Bloody Mary, of course, <laughs> of Mary. course. I mean, they're playing with each other now at this point, though, aren't they? Because there's a bit of, like, you know, narrowed eyes and a bit of, like, sly innuendo going on. Yeah, I see. Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it looks great, that 70s nightclub, though, doesn't it? And like, It's very similar to, um, I think it's Coffee. I think there's a nightclub scene in Coffee and where where she goes to meet her boyfriend, who's, like, the senator. Oh, the senator, senator. yeah. It's a very similar style mm. um, to they go to. I don't think it's the same place, but it's it's very much off that mm. time. I'd love to go. I was going to say, I'd just love to go there and just drape myself in all that finery and just talk about the occult with stiff drinks <laughs> available. Oh, How great, great would that be? Yes, yeah. fabulous. So Ben Gordon thinks he'll snoop around Nancy's house because they've noticed that uh, she's not really come back with the with the photos, and yeah, he finds of course that the negative, yeah. which basically says that Mama Wale is not human. Uh, so then he realizes that Tina's gone home, probably to get another horizontal mambo from Mamwali. And well, he he bursts in and pretty much cock blocks him, doesn't he? Really? He does. He does. <laughs> so then you get Mamwali fleeing, and he breaks um, a police officer's neck in the in the process, <laughs> as you do. And then we come to there's like a brief scene of two cops on patrol, and then then we get like another big bunch of homophobia, don't we, John? So look at that, look at that fact. <laughs> and they they go, isn't he the one? And like, well, they all look alike. <laughs> yeah. So is there Bo- so Bobby the vampire who disappears? He is now cruising the streets of downtown and has LA found someone actually, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Well, the, to be honest, the two writers on this film, you know, the, I mean, talking again about the the homophobia, like they only ever came back for the sequel. They didn't do anything else in the film business. So, um, I mean, that, that, that's what what does that say, really? 
anyway, they they phone Jack and they alert him to the presence of Bobby. And then they deduce that uh, Mamawald is using the warehouse that Bobby and Billy used to own, you know, before they were struck down in the prime oh, of life. Uh, and they they get shut in, don't they? And then it was at this point I noticed that Barnes is with them, and you haven't seen him, have you, up until uh, from the last time when he'd been bitten? So. Oh, yeah, Again, yeah. there's this whole tension thing coming and you're just waiting for shit to go down because you just know something's going to happen. And again, bit quite creepy yeah. this bit because it's it's almost a bit um a bit like a zombie flesh eaters night of the living dead type moment when they just get encroached, don't they? This is one of the moments where I thought they they really reminded me of the the zombies in Dawn of the Dead because of the way that they all sort of come out of the shadows and they've all got that pale, you know, the pale face makeup yeah, and definitely. stuff. And uh, and the fact that there's so many of them, they've really multiplied in the space of, what, two or three nights? He's definitely so been busy sucking, hasn't he? Yeah, really has. Well, I mean, him and his underlings, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so they, they, they kill them all. And again, in a very zombie flesh eaters way, they, they uh, throw Molotov cocktails. So, yeah. yeah. So Tina is obviously a little bit conflicted because she loves Mama Waldi and yet, um, Michelle's basically saying, "Well, he's killing people, so you need to, <laughs> you need to actually be on our side, not his." So, yeah. well, she she ends up leaving anyway, doesn't she? Because um, Mama Waldi kind of literally sends her a bat signal. It <laughs> <laughs> does, yeah. I think it, she has like the intention, doesn't she, of helping them? So she's not about no. Person, I think, but then suddenly we yeah. see. Under his thrall. Well, yeah, because I mean, she's it feels genuine to her and. She she knows he's not kind of a bad person deep down. I mean, he's because he's only yeah. he's clearly just sucking blood to survive, you know. And the rest yeah. of the carnage is kind of just happenstance because people get in his way, not necessarily condoning it, but he's clearly not a strictly yeah. bad person. Well, you know, he's got yeah, well, yeah. Of course, we all have to, don't we? So, <laughs> <laughs> so she ends up wandering into a chemical plant, pretty much, doesn't she? Um. It looks like sort of like a cruising spot, really, like from a porn film. But um, it all goes. I was just thought that. Yeah, I thought. What's that? I thought it quite familiar. <laughs> well, it all goes a bit tits up when the officers fall on them in. But again, if this was porn, this wouldn't be any danger at all, would it? No, well, no, definitely not. But the, so this is where it's, so the shooting at Blackula, but they get Tina instead. Yeah, so because one of the officers just doesn't listen and just basically fires his gun before he's supposed to. Well, this this is all very familiar, Again, we're back to it? the porn, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually going down the Black Lives Matter route. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, regardless, poor Tina ends up, um, ends up dead, and obviously Mamawaldi goes yeah, berserk and punches him up and down and then and then i, I don't know if yeah. it's the way it was edited but is this the same guy that he actually kind of rigs to an electric panel and sets him on fire i think so i mean because if someone had done that to my yes. long lost love i think i'd want to really tear them up a new hole really exactly. yeah. the pyrotechnics in this film yeah. were pretty damn good as well you know like the molotov stuff and I thought yeah. so yeah. so the special effects guy is actually the same person who did um like the Terminator and the Howling, like wow. yeah. So this is like an early work. I mean, 
he did you know um chopping mall night of the creeps uh, even did barber's the yeah. girl who knew too much like way back in the 60s so this is a guy that's been going on for quite a long time but yeah really decent yeah, yeah. so yeah he threatens gordon and then begins to just kill all the officers that get in his way and there's a particularly funny one did you notice it where he picks up like a sergeant who's asking for help and just throws him down the stairs and like knocks over all the officers that are coming <laughs> up <laughs> bowling ball yes pile. pretty well in fact it almost was missing the the sound effect of the bowling ball but the noise yeah it, it could have easily have had it and it would have been even more funny and he just he just so casual, he... did you see the bit with the oil barrels yeah <laughs> the casual way he <laughs> flings them over the side and kills someone <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. But obviously they then come across a coffin and they get ready and plunge the stake into Mama Waldy. But surprise, surprise, oh. it's Tina, isn't it? It's yeah. Tina. And can I just say, so this is really, this is tragic and everything, but I did love her um, Brides of Frankenstein style white streaks in her afro now that she's a vampire. <laughs> yes. I thought that was amazing. Nice little touch. Yeah. Um, it was actually, yeah, it was yeah. quite well, sad, really, wasn't it? Because Michelle is distraught, absolutely distraught. Yeah, and, it is sad. So, do you know what I, what else I thought was sad though? You know, you know the bit where he bites, where he actually bites yeah. Tina. So he he he's forced to do that, really. Yeah, well, because she well she die otherwise, like you know, actually yeah. die. So so because of the police, um, he that's what forced him into it basically. So he had he did have like better intentions of you know giving her giving her the chance to to make the decision whether she wanted to be a vampire exactly. or not. Yeah. But then because of the police the, the actions of the the fucking police, he had no option but to give her either the letter die or give her a turn. I know. And and then they mess uh, it up again for him. And then they and then they just kill yeah, her anyway. So it's um. Did you notice it was the white lieutenant who stays there? I, I did. Yes, I absolutely did. So it's yeah. it's very sad because obviously Manuel is now just completely despondent and he just goes up the stairs and commits suicide, doesn't he? Really? By just yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, it's funny because throughout it, I was thinking how what what one of the things I liked most about the film is how it took the tortured vampire romance thing and turned it on its head and made it more mm. primal. But when it comes to Mama Weldy himself, he is very much that classic tortured romantic anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. So the way the way he talked to Tina and Louver, it was all tragic, doomed love. And now at the end, that's what happens again. He sort of nobly sacrifices himself to the sun instead of waiting to be staked by the, yeah. you know, yeah. by the. It's yeah, quite hood. very, very sad. It's really, it's just a different spin. It's a, it's a different spin. It's something that I, I've, you know, if you see a film called Blackula, you don't expect it to have the layers, and you don't expect it to have the kind of different, the different take that it that it that it mm. uses. You know, I think. It's... No, I, I, yeah, I'm absolutely with you. And then there's obviously the final yeah. shot, and it's his, it's his skull that just gets is rapidly decaying. So I do wonder how they've brought him back actually in the in the sequel. But um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some explanation. I mean, <laughs> again, that's a, that's a quick read. Yeah, it's something to do with. Oh, food, okay. Yeah, bit bit Sugar yeah. Hill like yeah. then.
Okay, so first time viewing it then, John. So what did you think overall? Great, yeah. I think um, it's funny because in the, in the last couple of weeks I've watched this and I've watched another vampire film from the 70s, which I, I put off watching because I didn't think it'd be very good. And that was Hammer's, Hammer Horror, um, The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Oh, okay. And I must say that was terrible, but I, I did enjoy it. It was a good laugh, but it mm. wasn't a patch on this. I feel like this is so, I feel like this is a really inventive, interesting film that I never would have yeah. expected it to be. So I'm really, I'm so happy that you asked me to guest so I got <laughs> to actually watch it, you know. Yeah, I mean, good. it certainly wasn't as campy as it, it seemed to be, but from the title. Yeah. And there is like a there's a genuine effort to make certain bits kind of scary and yeah. serious when it needs to be. Yeah. Um I mean you can't get the camp all out of Dracula. So there is those moments for people who love that sort of thing. But on the whole, just a very well made and really enjoyable film. So with a great little yeah. cast as well. What what's her name? What's the actress's name who plays Luva slash Tina? Oh, do you know what? I can't quite remember. Um, she did do a few other things actually. Um, I'll see if I can have a look. Um, yeah, she did. She was in another black exploitation film, if I remember rightly. Um, I Vanetta that. Vanetta McGee, I think. Vanetta McGee, yeah, yeah. That's it. She, yeah, she was she she um what she was in Shaft in Africa, which was uh, like the um the 19th like the third film in the series i think so um okay yeah she, she, she'd been around and she's yeah she's still going today i think yeah. or is she, she passed away oh she's actually passed away actually. oh that's sad she passed away in 2010 i thought she was really she, cool really stylish really beautiful yeah she's very very pretty girl yeah, yeah. And like you said, that outfit at the beginning was was amazing. <laughs> she had this throughout it. She was fabulous. Um, yeah. Oh my god, she was in LA Law as well. I'm just oh, was so, she? I'm, she was in a Cagney and Lacey TV movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed. Um, but yeah, yeah so I, the film was um, the film was actually one of the highest grossing films in its year, like in 1972. Fabulous. And uh, this was back. This is back in the day. You you were allowed free entry to the movie if you were wearing a Dracula cape. Oh, see, that's yeah, where are those of, days gone? That's the kind of marketing we need, you know. Mm. That they should be doing that's a, you know, when the new Halloween comes out next year, maybe they should hand out free carving knives. Oh, <laughs> oh that could get messy quite quickly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it even won the best horror film category at the Saturn Awards in that year, so it deserves it. It deserves it. I yeah. feel like it's it's great, it's a great vampire film just in general without without the camp and without the black exploitation tag on it. Um, mm say if i was talking to someone about vampire movies to watch that would now be on my list because uh, you know i left it really late to see it but now that i've it's, seen it yeah. the, the merit that it that it carries it's great great little film it's very very good mm-hmm. it actually it did get um it was in the cinemas as well in uh, 1973 so it took a while to get to the uk but funny enough it had to be cut for an x rating and you do wonder what on earth was cut because it wasn't very gory, was it? From what I remember, no. no. The only thing I can think of is maybe just some of the Molotov burnings or maybe the electric panel part because you know I don't, I don't know. It, it there's no details on the BBFC website, yeah. so there's nothing obvious that I would go. Oh, it's that bit. You know, I can't really think. Yeah. I think um, the bit where they where they stake poor Tina at the end was quite graphic. Maybe it was something to do with that. Maybe. Well, 
it did get a release eventually um, on VHS in um, like the late 90s and all the cuts were waived and it was like downgraded to a 15. So that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's had a recent re-release on Blu-ray in 2014 uh, called The Blackula Complete Collection and it's bundled with uh, the sequel, Scream Blackula. Oh, yes. I had a little look for it online yesterday and I think you can get it for like a tenner for the two. Yeah, it's fairly decently priced actually. Mm, so I, I think I'll we'll definitely have to pick that one up at some point. Mm, definitely. So yeah, a fairly decent watch. Some yeah. really good laughs and some creepy bits. And good solid horror film. Exactly. What more could you want really? So mm. so with that said, uh that's probably this episode done for this week. Oh, so well thank you having yeah. me i've had such a good time um, um thanks for introducing me to this film which you know i would have probably put off for another 10 years of hadn't if you had asked me to watch <laughs> oh i know that feeling yeah well thank yeah. you very much anyway john for taking out the time for for this episode it's it's the first time i think i've actually had a guest so Ooh. you know well, there you go. You know, i'm glad to have uh, i'm glad to have been um your first i mean i wholeheartedly recommend screaming queens to anybody who's listening because it's an absolute joy to listen to and of course to laugh along to thank Um, you i've paid you very very handsomely to say that thank you very much (laughs) so you've actually you're recording an episode at the moment aren't you on um a blade in the dark by lamberto barber so. We recorded. We recorded the other day, so I'm just editing it and getting it online at the moment. So that should be up in the next week or so. Perfect. Um, and yeah, that was that was a fun watch for all yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah. So I've got um, next coming up soon on Nasty Pasty. We've still got um, a really obscure Jello film called The Girl in Room Two A. Have you heard of that no. one, John? No, never heard of it. No, I, well, I hadn't really until I'd, I'd spotted it, but that one's been in the bag for a while. But you know, circumstances, kids, coronavirus—you yeah. know how it is. So it's quite—it's okay. quite a push to be productive at the moment, isn't it, John? The old—the old pandemic does sort of get in the way. Mm, definitely. But um, yeah. yeah, but that's uh, that's it for this time, folks. So where can people find you, John, if they want to get in touch with you or find yeah. out more? Yeah, in the four years of running Screaming Queens, I've never actually got around to setting up a Screaming Queens Twitter because um, I don't know why. But you can get me, <laughs> just get me on my um, my personal Twitter. So it's at Johnny Larkin. Um, and Screaming Queens is wherever you get your podcasts. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. But you can get us anywhere. But on Spotify now too. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so, um, and you know where to find uh, Nasty Pasty. We're on Nasty Pasty Pod on Twitter. Or just rackety Esprus if you want to speak to me. But uh, I don't tend to get too much attention from this. I do this mainly for fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, And that's all it, what it's about, really, isn't it? As long as you have fun. So, that's it, yeah. yeah. yeah when so, it starts feeling like work, then it's time to give it up. That's exactly. It hasn't got to that stage yet, thankfully. So um, who knows? Maybe keep going for a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. you got you got a few years left in yet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So until next time then, folks, look out for yourselves and be safe. So Nasty Pasty will return soon. But until then, bye for now. Bye. Bye.